Welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. As we move into 2024, this Sunday and next Sunday, we'll be preaching towards our Vision Sunday coming on January 21st. We'll be laying a foundation to prepare our minds, our hearts, our thoughts towards what God wants to speak to us and the direction I feel like we are headed and the goals that we want to accomplish here in 2024. I really do feel like the messages that we preach in January help set direction for us as a congregation. I think the Lord speaks to us individually, too. He doesn't give the same vision to every church because we're all unique individuals and we're a unique collection of people. And so he speaks to us collectively as a church. And this is the direction the church is going. But the only way that works is if we are all in unity headed in that direction. Because the church isn't a building and this building's not going anywhere. The church is people. And the direction of the church is the direction the people are going. And it works best when they all go the same direction. Amen? <laughs> you ever seen one of those videos where the, uh, the Amish community comes together to move a barn? Isn't that incredible? I don't know how many they get there. What do you think, Jason? 200, 300 guys? And they put boards out in there and they put boards across the width of the entire building. And everybody grabs a hold, and at the, I don't know, the sound of the whistle, everybody picks up, and you see this big old, I don't know, 100 by 200 foot barn, about two feet off the ground, and then it just starts sliding across the pasture, and you're like, what in the world? There's 300 men carrying that building to its new location. How crazy would it be if the 150 on the inside decided they wanted to walk south while the other 150 on the outside decided they wanted to walk north? They may rip the building apart if they all got too dedicated into their own direction. And so that's the beauty of unity. Everybody's doing their part to move in the same direction. And that's a little bit what Vision does. Vision Sunday helps us all see where we're headed so we can all move in the direction God's calling us to. Amen? Amen. Each message this month will point towards that, and these first two messages will help lay a foundation for it. So I would ask for your attention today, your passion, your faith today. Let it arise, because anything is possible with God. Anything is possible with God. So today, with the word of the Lord, we're going to speak to us on this topic, this idea. Dream on. Dream on. On. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 126, and then we will flip over to Ephesians chapter 3. Psalms 126 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream." Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. 
The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's flip over your Bibles to Ephesians, New Testament, chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, dream on. You can be seated this morning. We are made to dream. We're made to dream. It's a part of our biological makeup. If you have a dream at night, that's not an anomaly or a weird thing that happens in your human nature. We are made to dream. Now, sometimes our dreams can be influenced. Pepperoni pizza may have a different influence on your dreams than a dedicated week of prayer. Andy's frozen custard may have a different impact on your dream than fasting and prayer and focus on God. But most of us would, would probably agree with the generalized statement that if you have a dream during the night, you, you slept well that, evening, that night. Those who are restless among us, we don't, we don't dream very often in nighttime because we're more worried about the pillows the right direction or if the temperature's right or if my leg will quit bothering me or whatever's going on. Just want to get a good night's rest. And if you wake up having had dreams, you'll say, man, I slept good last night. Dreams are a natural part of who we are. But they also, more than just a physical, God speaks about dreams many, 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 many times in Scripture. And we see the dreams were used as a means for God to communicate and share vision and direction and purpose in the people's lives. God used dreams to warn people. God used dreams to prepare people. God used dreams in many different ways as a form of communication with his people. One dream that comes to mind that I would just share with you quickly for an example would be when Peter was on the roof taking an afternoon siesta. I don't think they call that in Hebrew a siesta. But. He's taking a nap in the, the afternoon and he begins to dream the dream of the sheet coming down and having clean and unclean food and, and all of the, the interaction he had in his dream with God. And God was preparing him, breaking down some barriers in his life for the visitors who were just about at the door and asking for him to come share the gospel with Gentiles. So God uses dreams in our lives. I think dreams, spiritual dreams, and maybe not even the physical act of dreaming, but spiritual aspirations, things that we dream about. Famously, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. We understand in the context of his speech, he was talking about something he was aspiring to obtain. Something he wanted to see out in the future. 
We don't know that he physically closed his eyes and at 2.30 in the morning one evening or morning had a physical dream, a mental image in his sleeping hours. It's the different context of the use of the word dream. I think we all should have dreams. So today I'm challenging us to dream on. Our dreams... These things we reach for, these things we aspire for, the things that we press forward to obtain, these dreams set the context for our expectations. They set the context for where faith can work. A person without a dream has no arena in which faith can operate because they don't believe anything can happen. The lethargic person is a faithless person. A person that has no expectations is a faithless person. We have to be careful. Because life can jade us and life can hurt us and life can cause us pain. And the easy self-defense mechanism is to say, I'll no longer have any expectations. Therefore, I can't be disappointed. And to have no expectation now means I have no ability to have faith. And God does all that he does through faith. And so we can't let life's experience take away our expectation and destroy the arena where God does his work. So if you need a healing today, I know a healing. If you need somebody to come into your life and and begin to let his hands work on your life. I know a God that can heal and give us new passion and reignite our dream engine again and let us begin to dream. The doubt of a critic limits God's ability to perform the miraculous. Yet the faith that comes from dreaming creates this atmosphere where God can do the miraculous. I think I already used the word, but it's the arena where God works. It's the arena where God can show up. Now, it doesn't mean God does everything the exact way that we see it in our mind's eye. Because his ways are above our ways. One country preacher said one time, my greatest idea was dumb to God. Because his ways are so much further above our ways. There's been times, and you, you, can, you can testify to the fact today, where, where we've tried to persuade God, this is the best way to make it happen. And, and then we, we surrendered to God's way. And in the end, we're like, oh, no, that was, that was actually way better. <laughs> Turns out, you actually, God, you are pretty good at this. Pretty good at creating and organizing and putting stuff in order. You did a great job on that, Lord. I begin to think of the story in the Bible. You find it in the gospel message of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three share with us the story of a woman who had an issue of blood. Begin to think about her and her story and, and all that she had gone through in her life. We don't have a very clear expectation to what her issue of blood was. Some have proposed that maybe she had lupus. Some had proposed maybe she had other issues in her life. 
I don't know that the Bible gives us a clear definition of what her issue of blood was. But something happened in this lady at some point in her life where she began to dream. I don't have to live with this. I don't have to deal with this. Based on the context of the story, you can pull that she probably was not poor and desolate. She had resources or access to some resources because the Bible says that she went to many different doctors and spent all that she had. So she was dreaming at some point that this dollar given to that doctor is going to impart a cure. Or this dollar given to that doctor is going to impart a cure. And she had a dream that somehow the physicians were going to lead her to a healing. Somehow her resources were going to take her to a place of healing. And so she pursued her dream with every ounce of strength that she had and every bit of resource that she had. But even when her money ran out and her access to doctors was over and she still continued in the hardship, she kept on dreaming. Because she heard of a man, a man named Jesus. I don't doubt today that she had disappointing times. I'm sure after she had given her money to the doctors and, and there was none left to give and all the doctors had given all the great answers that they could give and the greatest it sounds like was, sorry, this is life. It's a life sentence. Sorry, this is terminal. This is something you're going to take with you all of your whole life and maybe, maybe even shorten your life. Even after all of that, I'm sure there were times in her life where she began to doubt. I'm sure there were times where her dream became fuzzy and, and clouds began to move in. And, and that dream just seems ridiculous. That dream just seems beyond any reasonable expectation for my life. All of the doctors have told me it's not possible. All the doctors have said it can't happen. But then she began to hear her neighbors talking about this man named Jesus of Nazareth. She began to hear about what he was doing in all their areas. He can heal blind eyes. He, he touched deaf ears and they began to hear again. He raised dead Lazarus from the grave. This is a guy I need to see. And I imagine the clouds began to part and her dream became crystal clear again and her passion began to be renewed and her dream caused her to push beyond her comfort. She began to ask people questions. Where's Jesus at? I'm supposing a little bit today. I'm reading a little bit between the lines. Stay with me. Is Jesus going to come our direction? Has anybody heard if if we're on his travel itinerary? Anybody know where his next stop is? Maybe I can, I can get some neighbors to, to pull some money together. We'll get a GoFundMe account to, to travel to go see where Jesus is to see if he can heal me. Travel expenses for a lady with issue of blood. Donate now. And then one of her neighbors said, I heard he's coming our direction. Matter of fact, the the energy in the city tells me he's not far away. 
He's just entered into the city gates. He's coming our direction right now. And I imagine in that moment, there was nothing going to stop her from seeing Jesus. And she began to tie into all of those sessions, I guess is the word, or those, those moments of worship in the synagogue where she heard the prophets read the Old Testament prophecies that he would have healing in his wings. That word wings in the original Hebrew literally means the, the hem of his garment or the edge of his garment. And this is where she gets the idea that if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She had a dream. She had a passion and she had a vision. Something she wasn't going to give up on. It didn't matter how uncomfortable it was for her to drag herself through the crowd. It didn't matter how uncomfortable it was for her to push this guy out of the way and maybe walk gingerly around this group of children. She was going to do whatever she had to do to get to the front of the line. Social pressure wasn't going to stop her. We don't know what issues were caused, but sometimes maybe she wasn't always welcomed in public because of her problems. Social pressure that said, you can't be here. You're an unclean person. She pushed past it. The stigmatism that was upon her life. You're sick. You're ill. You're weak. You don't belong in the public. Just go back to your house and lay on your bed and let time do its thing. The doubts that would try to invade her mind time and time again after every doctor's visit and no resolved answer. She pushed past all of it until she got to the end. And she reached her hand out and she grabbed hold of him, of his robe. And in those moments, the Bible says virtue left his body. Jesus addresses her and she is made whole. Because she had a dream. Because she thought it could happen. She believed it could happen. She had an expectation that it could happen. Her faith was high enough to say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I could be made whole today. And you may be looking at an unsurpassable obstacle in your life today. You may be looking at something that's bigger than anything you've ever experienced before. You may have tried option one through option a hundred and every time it's come out with there's no resolution. But I want to tell you today, keep on dreaming. Don't let your faith die on past experience. But dream on today because there is a master and there is a savior who works inside the realm of your faith and your expectation. The story tells us of Israel and their deliverance from captivity, Psalms 126. The first couple verses speak to us. And when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. I'm not getting into all the history today. If you want the history lesson, talk to Ed. He's a history genius. But they spent 70 years in captivity, Babylonian captivity. And quite quickly, God delivered them from that captivity. And the psalmist writing here at 126, Psalm says, it was like a dream when we got our freedom. 
when God freed us from our captivity, it was like a dream. It was beyond anything we could think of. And in those moments, verse 2, it says, Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. If I tell you today, if you're in the midst of some place you would call Babylonian captivity, keep on dreaming. Keep on believing it. Let your faith arise today. God can heal. God can deliver. God can save. God can do whatever it is that we need Him to do. Because God can do anything. Amen? Oh, it'll be more than just like your dream. It'll be bigger than anything you could fathom. Anything you could imagine when God does the work. And when God does it, you will be flooded with the joy that comes through His deliverance. Your mouth will be filled with laughter and your tongue with singing. Matter of fact, the work of God delivering the children of Israel was so impressive. Let's read the rest of verse 2. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. God's work was so awesome that even the doubters said, Wow, God did work in their life. Even the friends of their captors I don't know how it happened, but God must have done that. All of the heathens around them were remarking about how incredible the deliverance was that God brought them out of. Now, we in our humanity probably struggle to fully understand 70 years of hard captivity in a foreign nation. We live in a blessed country. I'll just say it. Don't let the social justice warriors of our day cloud your understanding of how awesome of it is where we live. I've said and I've declared many times everybody needs to go to a third world country for a week. It brings perspective to what it means to live in America. We struggle maybe fully understanding the emotional response, the physical burden being lifted off of the Israelites when they were liberated from their captivity. Probably the closest thing we could come to is the spiritual deliverance that comes through being obedient to the gospel. You probably remember that moment you knelt your knee in prayer and you began to talk to God. Lord, I'm facing some stuff I don't know how to handle. Lord, I'm at a dead end road. Lord, I, I found myself bound up in something I didn't expect to get bound up in. Lord, I found myself in a place I didn't expect to be in. And in a place of desperation, in a place of brokenness, consumed by sin or possibly under the grip of addiction, maybe completely compassed and filled with hurt and pain, whatever it was that brought you to God, that moment He first touched you and set you free, an incredible moment of deliverance. 
We all dreamed of it. We dreamed of it. Some of you may have even prayed the prayer. This is a prayer from a dream. God, if you're real, then I need you to move in this situation. God's like, I'm real. Here I am. Ta-da. And he, he did more than we expected. When we get down an altar and we repent of our sins, our expectation is that God will forgive us of our sin. When we pray and we, we talk to God and we ask him to deliver us from a, a vice in this life and to set us free from a vice in this life, we expect the, the addiction to be broken off of our life. When we pray and we go to God and we, we bring our hurt and pain and struggle of life to him, we, we have an expectation that he would just take care of the situation. But he goes beyond our dream. He does more than just forgive us of our sin. He gives us joy in place of the disappointment. He does more than just liberate us from our addiction. He gives us joy in place of our bondage. He does more than just heal the hurt and heal the pain. He gives us expectation and joy in place of the agony. This is how God works. He does above and beyond. So don't be afraid to dream today. Dream on today and create an arena, an atmosphere where God can do the miraculous in your life. Dreams represent our hope. We only dream about the things we hope for. Some of us have nightmares about the things we don't want to happen, but that's called worry. That's not dreaming. Note, sermon for later on, worry. We dream because we're expecting better. We're trying to obtain progress. We're looking for the benefit to come to us. And so our dreams represent our hope. It's been said you can only live three days without food, so don't fast like crazy. I don't want to do any funerals the next three weeks. No starving ourselves to death. You can live three after. Hold on. Three weeks without food, three days without water. There we go. But you can't make it three moments without hope. When you lose hope, you check out. When all hope is gone, people quit. Hopelessness is a burden. Nobody can carry. Not to make light of it, but just for analogy, it's like the acne anvil that falls on the cartoon character and smashes them into the ground. 
That's hopelessness. Nobody can bear its weight. It always overtakes us. But something else about hope. Hope is that source of faith. Hopelessness deteriorates and removes all of our faith and eventually becomes the weight that carries us down into a place of destruction. But if we can just get a little bit of hope, anything is possible. And your hope comes from your dreams. So I'm going to ask you an open, open-ended question today. What is it you want God to do in your life in 2024? What are you dreaming that God could do in your life in 2024? Is there an expected blessing that you need this year? Is there an expected healing that you're looking for this year? Is there an expected level of growth that you're trying to to reach for and to obtain in your walk with God this year? Could I tell you today, dream on. Because that is the arena where your hope is built up. And once you have hope, now you have faith. Go read Romans chapter 5. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's in Hebrews. And so, you must dream so that God can begin to work in your life. If we go back to Psalms 126 and verse 3. We see now that the people of God change the context of their statements from the heathen to themselves. And they say, the Lord hath done great things for us, wherefore we are glad. It's commonly believed that this psalm was written sometime after deliverance from their captivity when the children of Israel were again going through struggle and trial. And the first three verses were a look back at what God had done for them. Oh, how we rejoice when God set us free. Oh, how the heathen couldn't believe how awesome God was. Oh, yes, it was great that God did for us. And then in verse 4, they begin this. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Let's, Let's pause. This south region is is talking about desert land. And you might say, well, that's kind of odd because there's normally not streams in desert. This desert land in the south was was the bottom. It was towards the, the lower elevations. I hesitate to use the word valley because we think of lush green when we think of valleys. But it's, it's ravines and dividends that were dry and sandy and barren land. And when they make reference to the streams in the south, they're referring to the season when the rains would come in the mountaintops and all the water would rush down and what was once a a barren, drying ground would have rivers and streams quickly, like a flash flood, show up and run through them. So now you get the mental picture, the word picture, That the children of Israel are saying, turn again our captivity, O Lord, 
as the flash floods that come through the desert lands. Let it sweep upon us. And then they began to speak in faith in the following verse. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bringing precious seed. The next verse. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And one more verse. Now, oh, that's it. That's six verses. Here's the context. Sorrow brings tears, but dreaming brings joy. The work brings us tears, but the reward brings us joy. I want to tell you today, if you're in the midst of a trial or in the midst of a struggle, don't quit dreaming. Keep pushing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing. Keep showing up to church. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Participate in our fast. Keep being faithful to God. Keep your Christian disciplines. Keep doing everything you're doing to live for God. It's not without purpose. It's not without reward. Keep doing everything you're doing because what you're sowing is what you're going to reap. Yes, there's days it's a struggle. Yes, there's days there's tears. Yes, there's days where it's painful. Yes, it's hard sometimes. But any dead fish can float downstream with culture. To live for God by nature is anti-culture. It's counter-culture. Because culture is driven by flesh. And living for God is driven by spirit. For me to do the will of God, I must look in the mirror. And tell this man, no, 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 no. Not according to your flesh, but according to his spirit. Not according to the will of man, but only according to the will of God. And yes, those moments are hard and difficult, but I'll keep sowing this seed. I'll keep putting this seed in the field. Because if you'll keep sowing, even in tears, you will reap in joy. Can I tell you what sowing really is? Sowing is dreaming. Sowing is dreaming. Nobody puts seed in the ground saying, man, I hope that rots and turns into nice fertilizer next, for next season. No, no, you put seed in the ground because you have an expectation. You have a hope. You have a dream. It's far different than, I guess, years and years ago, and I probably don't even fully understand the context of it today. But when they load up in the tractor and they get the hoppers full and they extend them out to their full width in the midst of the field, and the farmer begins to drive and the seed planter, I guess that's what that machine's called, the planter. City boy giving you a country example. The planter's going down row by row, dropping seeds, Every seed's a hope. Every seed's a dream. Every, dream. Every seed's an expectation. Every seed's a possibility. Every seed is planted with intent. I want to tell you today, every dream you have has potential. Every dream you have today is a possibility. Every dream you have today is another brick on the arena that God's going to work inside of. Let your dreams soar today. Dream big dreams. And expand your faith for what God can do in your life. Amen?
Galatians 6 and 7 tells us, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Oh, I'm believing God's going to do this miracle. I'm going to sow that dream. I believe God's going to work in this situation. I'm going to sow that dream. I believe God's going to deliver in this situation. I'm going to sow that dream. I believe God's going to heal this person physically. Sow that dream. I believe God's going to heal this person emotionally or spiritually. Sow those dreams today. Yes, there may be tears in your prayer. Yes, there may be tears in the stories you hear from their life. But keep on sowing because there will come a day where you will reap in joy. There are some who may hear this message in this moment of your life. You may be saying, my field's full of briars and tares and weeds. Stay with me. You're reaping what you've sown. But sowing it and reaping it is seasonal. So stop sowing tares, stop sowing weeds, stop sowing thistles and briars and let this season pass and keep sowing good seed in that field and when the next harvest comes you won't have weeds and thorns and thistles and briars. Keep sowing the good seed even though your current harvest is the reward of your bad seed you sown. Is that okay? Well, it's painful walking through all these briars putting good seed in the ground. Yes, it is. Preach on, brother. It's brutal having to dig through the thick weeds to find good soil to put this good seed in. Yes, it is. Sister, preach on. The Bible gives us the, the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's just for a season. Let it come, let it go. We'll pray about it. We'll let God work. It's part of the dream. You guys here this morning? I'm more excited about this than some of you are. Dream on. Because God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God's looking for somewhere to work in our lives. And we have to build the arena for him to do what he wants to do. And it comes when we start dreaming. The size of your dream creates the environment for your faith to grow. If you have tiny dreams. She's. Sparks a thought in my voice or in my mind as I hear her voice. Little Adeline is figuring out words and she knows what she's saying, but we don't quite get it yet. It's, it's that unique language of baby gibberish where uh, some syllables are not clearly enunciated and you're like, huh? And so. And her geniusness, a little partial, she's come up with the uh, idea that she can now do charades to help us understand. <laughs> so now when she talks to us, like I was flirting and reading over my iPad this morning, and she looked at it and she couldn't see the letters because it's a little smaller print on here. And she goes, 
Det er det. Små. 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 She's small. Our dreams, our faith, rather, our faith is proportional to our dream. If you only believe God can do small stuff, that's all God's going to be able to do in your life. If you only believe God can wake you up every morning, that's probably the greatest miracle you'll experience. But if God can heal of cancer, and you believe it, God can heal you of cancer. If God can save sinners, any witnesses, can God save sinners? Then he can save me if I mess up again. He can save that other person in my life. God help them, they're a sinner. If God's poured blessing into your life, any testimonies today that God's blessed you financially, spiritually, emotionally, God's put blessing in your life. If he can do it for you, then he can do it again. And if he can do it for you and he can do it again, he can do it for the next person. The size of our dream, the size of our hope is the only constraint, the size of our faith on what God can do in our lives. How many times did Jesus say, thy faith has made thee whole? He always does more than we expect. He, does, he, he always does beyond what we're looking to do. But our faith, the size of our faith determines the doorway through which God can enter in and begin to work in our lives. Can I tell you today, there's a biblical mandate for us to dream? Next time someone tells you, Ma, your head's in the clouds. It's in the Bible. My pastor said I had a right to dream. He said it's in the Bible. Now, we dismiss the kids that go to Sunday school class. And we dismiss the youth that go to Sunday school class. And I understand we're multi-generational in here. But we're not kids and we're not youth. That kind of leaves one category. We're mature. That's it. We're mature and we are experienced. The biblical mandate is that the older among us dream. That was a requirement. That was... Let me rephrase it. That was uniquely tied to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That the older generation would dream. Here's what Joel said in Joel chapter 2, 28. It's prophesied before it had ever come to pass. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's the younger generation. And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. The old people dream. We should dream. We should have dreams. Dreams beyond our generation. We should have dreams beyond what will ever be accomplished in the number of days left in our life. We should have dreams bigger 
than us. That's the beauty of a dream. The dream is only limited by the imagination. How big of a dream is too big? I don't know. Never been there. How wild of a dream is too much? I don't know. If God can do anything, then I should be able to dream anything. Star, asterisk, read the fine print. God doesn't always perform it the way we want him to perform it. But there's nothing wrong with us dreaming it and allowing him to have the arena to do it the way he wants to do it. And then we see the fulfillment. Acts chapter 2 and 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Peter's preaching to them and he rehearses in their hearing. God's spirit's been poured out. His presence is upon us. He's moving. Here's what he says. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And it had happened. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The youngins are out of here. It's just us mature, experienced folk. What do we want Lifespring to be in 2023? Dream it. Dream it. The context of scripture is sons and daughters shall prophesy. That means parents are the, use the word, the older generation. Older is not necessarily a numerical number in the context of the scripture. It's generational. The older, the parents, the grandparents. Dream. Your dream. Make a difference in what you dream. Our dream sets the precedent for what God's going to happen, what God's going to do. So let me re-ask the question. What is it that we dream Livespring Church could be or should be or ought to be or is going to be? What do I dream worship service looks like? What do I dream altar service looks like? What do I dream prayer time looks like? What do I dream Monday through Saturday for our people looks like? What do I dream? And not just the context of these four walls and and us as the collective body of believers, but what do you dream your home looks like? What do you dream Saturday morning in your house looks like? What do you dream Thursday evening in your, around your dining room table looks like? What do you dream in your house? You are the generation of dreamers. So I say today, dream on. Dream on and see what God can do. Stand with me this morning. Children of Israel experienced an incredible move of God when he delivered them. And we too have experienced incredible movings of God when he's delivered us. But it isn't supposed to be just a nice article in the books of history. The works of God are not reserved for the Library of Congress. The works of God are not just on microfiche film at the library 
Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. We got to go dig it out. The works of God are not just for, our, for, our, for the generations before us to recite in our hearing, just as stories told to us. The works of God are not supposed to turn into multi-generational fables, but they're supposed to be real. They're supposed to be experienced. They're supposed to be alive and working inside of us. God's supposed to still be healing. God's still saving. God's still delivering. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Written to the church in Ephesus. The people of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. That's a lot. Exceedingly, abundantly. That means take your expect. Well, let me finish the verse. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Take your greatest idea. God can do better. Take your biggest dream, and God can do bigger. Take the furthest reach of your faith and believe in God to do that. And he'll do that and more. How many times in scripture did God say, Thy faith hath made thee whole. One instance that points out, comes to mind, and I'll close with this story in the Bible. Some friends got their sick friend together. Got him on a bed. I don't know if they dressed him, wrapped him up in some sheets, whatever they had to do. I said, hey man, the four of us are taking you to Jesus. Because we believe Jesus can heal you. I want friends like that. Those four friends sure seem better than Job's four friends. Man, Job, you must be sinning. God's, God's judging you. I want four friends, when they see me in my worst, they want to drag me out of my worst and take me to a place that will make me into my best. That's the kind of friends we ought to be. And so they pick, they pick this guy up, and they, they get going. They get to the house where Jesus is, and they run into an obstacle. Lo and behold, they're not the only ones in town that day that wanted to see Jesus. Everybody wanted to see Jesus. Everybody had convened on this house and, and people were sticking their heads in the windows and people were craning their necks to get a view inside the door. And there were people piled in the yard all around. And there was such a mass of people, there was no way four guys and a bed were going to get through. But their dream was bigger. They didn't dream about dropping the guy off in the front yard. The realm of their faith was bigger than just being where Jesus was. Their faith was, Jesus is going to heal our friend. Their dream was, Jesus is going to heal our friend. And nothing was going to stop them from obtaining their dream. And they got crazy. They climbed up on somebody else's house. Not their house. And they began to tear off the roof. And they let their friend down from the roof into the room where Jesus was. 
Some people had some opinions about what was going on. They were human just like we are. What would happen if you were at your house and all of your friends were over and Jesus was in the living room and sheetrock started falling down on people? You'd be saying, I'm glad Jesus is here. They showed up with an expectation. Jesus is going to heal our friend. And nothing would stop them. And they lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. They have their discussion about why are you here. I think the response from Jesus answers this verse in Ephesians 3 and 20. Now he unto him that is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think could I say dream today they came for a healing but Jesus looked at their friend and said your sins be forgiven take up your bed and walk Jesus always does more than we can dream they came for their friend to be healed, but their friend was healed and saved in the same moment. I want to tell you today, God always does more than we expect. God always moves bigger than we expect. So dream on today, saint of God. Believe on today, saint of God. Let your faith arise. What is it you need God to do in this year? What is it you want God to work on in this year? Believe it. And let's see what God does in the arena of our faith today. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.